Oops. Okay. That was really good. Wow, we didn't have the mic on. And that was already the best so far ever. I'm so sorry about that. That sucks. Well, hallelujah. Well, if you caught it in the spirit. We're not even doing intros. <laughs> well, somehow the, the microphone was muted the whole time. Wow. You know, it's always like that. The greatest release, some of the greatest releases of Crazy. power and glory and mysteries historically in RLM have been when the audio did not record. I think that's also really interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling sapphire fire burning all over Burning, my face. yeah, same here. It's a fire. He just raged for 30 minutes, but that's good. You guys got it locally here in the studio. That's the blessing. You guys never miss a beat. So. Hallelujah. Amen. If you did as Abraham did, Jesus said to the Pharisees, if you were his children, you would do as Abraham did. What did Abraham do? The holy Kabbalah. Sapphire stones. The inheritance of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was given to the righteous offspring. It was not given to Esau. It was given to Jacob. Under Rebekah's instructions, because she understood that God wanted to give it to Jacob and not Esau. Read the book of Jasher, you'll see. Modern day Christianity, when they preach about Jacob, they act as if he did something that he needs forgiveness for. Oh, he was he was sneaky, he was cunning, he was his deceitful. Why do they have that demonic point of view? When it's clearly stated in the Word of God and in the book of Jasher that it was God's will. And, what, and it says God loved Jacob and he hated Esau. So why does modern day Christianity tend to defend Esau subtly, demonically, by calling Jacob the deceiver, you know? No, God loves Jacob so much he literally has his face engraved in his throne. As a father would have a picture of their child in their wallet on the earth. A picture in your pocket. His face is engraved on the throne of glory. Why is that? Esau I have hated. Do you understand? In Judaism, in all the history of the Jews, the enemy of Jacob is always considered to be Esau and Ishmael. Esau was blessed with the sword. Ishmael was blessed in the bow. Why is it that Jacob said in his sword and his bow he is not trusted? What were his weapons of warfare? Prayer. Why? Because he had the holy inheritance. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those sapphire stones, the sephirot. The inheritance of the holy Kabbalah given from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. That was his warfare. But who is Esau? If you look at all the Jewish history and their written records, they've always considered Esau to be Rome and Christianity, or Christendom. You say Roman, Catholic, oh, we can go through the Reformation, and people came out of greater darkness in each day and age, but in each age, people have returned in each of those forms of Christianity back to demons, back to darkness. What was once a reformation became a stagnation because the people stayed there. It became about forms, external bewitchment instead of an actual relationship with God. 
far from receiving instruction through sapphire stones or even knowing Christ within them, the hope of realizing the glory, the hope of realizing the Shekinah, Jesus. What is the Shekinah? It's the Aleph and the Tav. That's the beginning and the end of what? The emanations of Shekinah. Jesus said, I am the Aleph and the Tav. He said he is the Shekinah. He is the glory. He is the man of sapphire stones. It's him. It's Jesus. And if you don't know the Holy Kabbalah of Jesus Christ and the sapphire stones, the inheritance of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus is not your God. You only think that he is, but you reject this message proving that you don't know him. If God was your father, and even if Abraham was your father, you would do as Abraham did. You would do as Jesus did. And but what is, oh, we're covenant people, covenant people, believers. What is the sign of the covenant? Circumcision. If you were, co if you were a covenant people, you would have sexual purity. The covenant with God has always been a covenant of sexual purity. From the mm. old covenant through to the new covenant. Whenever they hoard themselves physically to men or women, God's wrath was unleashed against them. Why? Because it was as if he cheated on God. They mm. cheated on God. By how? how? By fornicating with people. Breaking that sexual covenant, a holy, pure covenant. The only evidence that you're in covenant with God, which means mm. he's your God, your covenant people, is the evidence of sexual purity. If you don't have that, you're not a covenant person. Amen. That's the, there's no other sign. A sign of circumcision, the sign of the covenant. Absolutely. If you want a sword, you're going to need a sword, not a physical sword. You need you want you're gonna need a bow, not a physical bow. You're going to need the sign of the covenant, which means you'll be standing on your sod. Yeah, the, the easier it is against any opposition. I mean, literally, I've experienced this since '99 when I got saved. The purer you are, the faster the victory is won. If you are messing around with sin, you will drag on wrestling those same enemies for decades. You will not be victorious until you're pure. It's absolutely the truth. Salvation is purity. Salvation is sexual purity. And so the enemy's main strategy, defilement of the senses. Right. Sadly, the microphone is turned off. It's okay. We got it into the hearts of the people locally. It went into the atmosphere and dealt with the principalities. Yeah, it feels cleared out. I'm a little sad it wasn't recorded because there's a lot of really precious revelation there. It's all good. But you guys took notes, right? So that you can share them with everyone in the audience live who took notes. Just be sure to share those notes later. But um, <laughs> we're talking about the contrast so of when I came down from northern Ontario yesterday. You know, we took seaplanes out of Kenora, which is about uh, 240 kilometers north of International Falls, Minnesota, and then flew an hour north into the north woods. No internet no electricity, no cell phone towers, nothing. Just way off the grid in the deep woods. 
And there was just literally no warfare. And so I, it was just me and God in this deep time. I'd read the scripture, leaps off the pages. It was some of the most richest, most intimate time of studying the scriptures I've ever had in my life. Because there was no human vessels for the enemy to use, we had a strange bird come, and it only came at night, between 10 p.m. and 9 a.m., the first four days. And it'd come, and it would literally make its strange bird noises directly into our cabin the entire night. And people, my family was so freaked out, like, what is this? It's the strangest thing they've ever seen. I wanted to just put the story into you, because this is what we're confronting on the front lines of the armies of the living God. And by the fourth day, everyone was like, what is this thing? I heard this thing making sounds on a rock on the peninsula outside the lodge. So I went there with my 90,000 power lumen flashlight. My brother is following me up on the deck, and I shine the spotlight directly at it. Its eyes immediately look like stars. Okay, it's small, so don't be too freaked out. It's a little small little guy, small little devil. And it began hopping like a frog, and it hopped like a frog on the rock, and then it took off the rock and flew to the other side of the lake. And listen now, when it hopped off the rock, its head spinned to 180, stared at me the entire time it was flying the other direction. I told my family that. They said, it's an owl. I said, no, it's Molech. They searched when we got back into the mainland and internet. Every native owl in that region, there's only 15 or so in North America, and in, the, in that area there's like five. And we listened to all the sounds that the owls make in that region, and it wasn't even close to any of them, guys. Ooh-wee! This was Molech. This was a confrontation with Molech. Okay. After I shine all the light into this thing and it's across the lake, my brother's right there as a witness. This mm-hmm. thing is winking at us, mm-hmm. winking, staring directly at us. For four days, all of its hooting and hollering was directed towards us outside of, of the cabin. After I whacked it with light, just blew its head off with light, it never came back. The last night, there was none of that stuff. For, for throughout the whole evening like it was the previous four nights. It was gone, and that was victory. So it came off the battlegrounds of wrestling principalities on vacation in the deep woods of northern Ontario because those celestial bodies, well, they don't have anything to hop into. They hop in animals, and that's all the principality had was hop in an animal and confront my celestial righteousness, and it was awesome, guys. And my family got to witness it. They have their own little definitions a lot of stuff is not explainable so it's just kind of like you know treasure it in your heart or dismiss it right away it's only two ways you can go with signs and wonders and spiritual battles it's like we either learn and get humble and wiser or we get duller and dumber rejecting the supernatural more animal like and it's just there's a fork in the road every time you deal with that supernatural and we have two witnesses here on this that that was Moloch when he came mm-hmm. back and told me about this he didn't tell me the name but i went into the vision and i saw the creature and the owl that he chose uh looked exactly like Moloch that i'd seen with his dark uh, wings on the top right of the sephirot of the tree of unrighteousness a tree of satan and so I recognize, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Molech. But I wasn't going to open my mouth and say it. I said, I'm going to wait. And if Brandon opens his mouth and he says Molech, like right now, then I'm going to, that'll be, my, let that be the confirmation. He said, yeah, it was Molech. So that was confirmed. Also, his behavior 
hopping around like a frog, that's a spirit of uncleanness, a spirit of lust, which Moloch is the principality. And this, my friends, is a wrestling of universal government. Mm -hmm. This is not just the USA or Canada. Mm -hmm. It's for the whole planet. This yeah. is universal principalities. Because here. he's a cosmic devil. Yeah. Mm. And then for anyone, uh, did anyone uh, raise your hand if you saw Shadrach's uh, broadcast today? You guys, so you know who he talked about. He mentioned Moloch by name today. So we have another witness. And uh, there was another principality talked about, and I saw that one. Um, I was like, who is that? Because I don't, I don't see that other one as often. Uh, it had jumped into somebody at my apartment complex <laughs> and has been kind of spying on me and my trainer. She was like, what is going on every day? This one person, whenever we're here, just kind of like walks and they manifest and walk out. Mm. It's just completely irrational. Like any normal, just regular everyday person that doesn't, you know, <laughs> would think like something is wrong. Like what's wrong? But, you know, we, we live that life like, oh, they're manifesting, you know. Oh, that's just, you know, just it's another always just another Nefesh manifesting demons, you know. But this is an interesting one. And she's like, what is going on? And then just, I'm like, oh, where is the person sitting? I just usually ignore them when they manifest because it happens, you know. We're just, that's our life, you know. It just happens. So we're like, oh, yeah, just another one. There you go. There's a twitching grandma coughing in front of us at the Mall of America. Just starting coughing and choking on demons. Grandma's start scowling and spitting on the ground. You walk by. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's Grandma's just our life. Grandma's got a demon. <laughs> Ooh. So uh, this particular one, and I said, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, the one that went inside over there. And I was like, over there? Yeah. So we're going to go walk. I'm like, just, you know, is that, you know, point to which one? I look over and the thing makes eye contact with me and it's a really, it has that kind of expression like how the owl had, but it was a different spirit and uh, Shadrach talked about that today and it was like, oh yeah, okay. So it's interesting, he mentioned both of them mm. in those encounters. So it's really interesting. The second one, it's not one that sits on top of the, the tree of unrighteousness. Uh, Molech is one that sits on top of there, but it's just, oh, and for your notes, for those of you who are note taking, uh, when it comes to, again, the unrighteousness tree, the one that's separate, the uh, uncircumcision, tr the Satan tree, on the left top, on the top left is Pan, P-A-N, you can write Pan, like, that represents Pan's labyrinth, or the world of Yetzirah. So even though he rules and dominates over the left side, you'll deal with the left-hand side of uncircumcision as you rise. But that one is the one that mainly manifests in the world of Yetzirah. You know, Pan, Pan's labyrinth, it's the heart is deceitful above all things. And Okay. So when you're going through those dark clouds or that maze of the heart, you're going through the layers of the soul. The soul, the heart, that's Pan's labyrinth. It's very important when you go through Yetzirah to always be aware of which sapphire stone you're on. That's true of the whole journey. But they try to make it like a weird dreamlike state. There can be a glorified dreamlike state. But there's just a lot of, it gets a little cloudier. They try to get you distracted. You know, it's, it's very different uh, from the first round going through the world of Isaiah. And the left side represents woman or soul. Woman represents soul. And so that's what you deal with with the left-hand side manifest of the enemy, typically in Yetzirah. You'll deal with that. Molech is on the top right-hand side. 
top right of the unrighteous Sephiroth. Mm -hmm. As we know, the whole right side of the enemy, it's all about false love and lust. At the very lower levels, it's just more straightforward lust. As you go up through the levels, you'll deal with the more refined aspects of white magic. Mm. And it attempts to look like Christianity and purity, but it's really just a higher form of lust that deceives by calling, you know, they say call what they call good evil and they call evil good. That's what you deal with. And a lot of it comes into, you know, new age, false love beliefs, uh, Christian beliefs. And like, you know, just oh, the love and the purity and the stolen Shekinah, stolen, but the Shekinah was there, stolen Shekinah. Mm. Oh, but the anointing was anointing. We were drunk. We had so much fun. It was, we're stolen, developing stolen purity. Stolen oil. Give me some of your oil. Yeah. Foolish virgins do not one. remain virgin. Okay. So that's the right top right-hand side, Moloch. That's, so it's all about the lust. Now the right-hand side represents the male. So you're going to deal with him a lot when you go through the world of Asaya. It's a lot, that first round is pretty much just you're dealing with a lot of Moloch. You'll deal with all of them. Here we got the that. chart. Oh yeah, let's look at the charts. Yeah. Oh yeah, some people I think online wanted to check As their charts. As you raz, you deal with you this deal stuff. with all of this, and the one third that fell from heaven. So good luck to you guys. And then the middle, the the. Hope you make it. We hope you make it. I really do. <laughs> yes. That's gonna be fun. Yeah. Yeah, the whole army marching up sapphire stones now. Yeah. So it's really important, as you guys remember, uh, Bobby Connor got into some trouble with Jesus. He talks about this freely and openly, frequently on his videos. He, how did Bobby Connor get into trouble with the Lord when he was writing his books about angels and demons? He didn't talk about the demons too much. He was like, well, Lord, I don't want to give them their, you know, too much credit or due. And the Lord said, I told you to write about angels and demons. My people need to know and not be unawares of the devices of the enemy and how the enemy operates. Not for you to be in fear of them, but so you know, so you're not destroyed for lack of knowledge. You will become <laughs> demon masters. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Guaranteed yeah, if guaranteed. you keep going. Yeah, just... You'll deal with everything in its grandson. Yep. There's nothing more exhilarating than a lightning whip to the sky that brings down a lightning rod and chops off the necks of the Leviathan. This is just one of the most thrilling. Well, one hand on the ship, the apostolic ship mass in the celestial realm, yelling, Yetzirah! Bam! And it goes up and lightning comes out and <laughs> chopped off two of its tentacle head things, whatever those are. They got some more left. There's still more left on it. So we didn't kill it. Um, but it was just it was exhilarating. There's a couple of you walking in some lightning, too. I saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the Shekinah yeah. Um, changes forms. So part, most of the time when we were muted in the beginning, I was God wanted to separate Shekinah from everything else. Okay, You need to understand the real Jesus, and not the 20,000 counterfeits down in the Valley of Death, but the real Jesus is, Book of Acts, Lord of Glory. Lord of Shekinah. If Shekinah is not your God, you're not even a real Christian yet. And so what the enemy has done is made Christianity about doctrines, teachings, all this stuff, everything except Shekinah. But our God is Shekinah. Without Shekinah, there's no presence, there's no God. There's You're just... 
completely godless. So your obsession, your marriage to God is your marriage to light. Is everything in your life about growing in light? If not, you're not really a Christian yet because that's the whole way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. While I'm in the world, I am the light or the Shekinah of the world. I am leaving this world and ascending to my Father. Now you will be the light of the world. You will be the Shekinah of the world. Guys, without Shekinah, all you have is hell. Okay? Hell. You'll have lust, hell, murder, greed, envy, strife, all the sinless of Galatians chapter 5. Constantly, there won't be anything else. But in Shekinah, woo, you'll have love, joy, peace, purity, holiness, righteousness, right doing. I mean, joy like a river. You'll have the Garden of Eden instead of the Lake of Fire. So, what we need is a division in your mindsets. Faith comes by hearing, which means it requires your brain. You can only hear with your brain. So turn your brains on and listen. So you grow in faith. What is faith? The entry point of the word of Shekinah, or the word of grace. It is the entry point of Torah. For the word to become alive, active, and energized, or for the word to produce light, Shekinah, you have to be listening. If you're tuned out, distracted, thinking about dinner, or Taco Bell, or your electric bill, or your spouse, or if your kids are going to break into the den and interrupt you, or some kind of other distraction, you're not focused on Shekinah. So, having your eyes fixed on Jesus is having your whole mindset, your mind, your will and emotion on Shekinah. You can have your mind on Shekinah while you're building skyscrapers. Yeah. You can have your mind on Shekinah. I have my mind on Shekinah while I'm broadcasting, while I'm preaching. It's Shekinah everywhere. What does the Bible say? Everyone in the temple. What temple? The Father's temple. Cries Shekinah. How often? Psalms. How often? Continuously, continuously is what the Bible says, which means nonstop every thought in your heart is light. Yep. Now, this is how he makes his temples of Holy Spirit. This is how he sets you apart from other nations, other religions, other gods, other Jesuses. Big point in that first muted part was other Jesuses and other Holy Spirits because there are tens of thousands of them. What is different? of our Jesus and our Holy Spirit to all the other tens of thousands of Jesuses and Holy Spirits. One thing only, guys, Shekinah. This is the only discernment you need. It's called light and darkness. That's it. If you are blazing in Shekinah, robed in Shekinah, what is the robes of the priest? What makes you a royal priest of a holy nation? One thing. Not your little pet doctrines and stuff how you interpret the new testament no no shekinah only then you put through shekinah the scriptures of god and it's no longer a dead letter and you all have similar interpretations with what measurements of shekinah inside the teaching this is how you discern if they're a teacher from god or a teacher from men shekinah so Discernment, all gifts of the Spirit, all the kingdom of heaven, everything, all of Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit is for what? To go from Shekinah to Shekinah, glory to glory. If you make it about anything else, you're lost. You're lost, and it just becomes a seat for demons. So the whole purpose of the Nefesh, 
which is your flesh, which is the current mindset of almost all Christians. 99.999999% of Christians have a nefesh soul right now. You have the ruah upon you. Yes, wonderful. That's a wonderful down payment of what? Shekinah, of future glory. I will give you the spirit, the ruah, from on high. Jesus Christ, red letters, Acts 1. Wait in Jerusalem. And they waited and they got the ruah. What is the ruah? The Shekinah. You can't separate ruah from Shekinah. But it's not the fullness of Shekinah. And it's not promised land Shekinah. It's honestly not even close. That's why it's called first fruits and not harvest. The Bible calls it first fruits. We know first fruits is 1%. It's less than 1%. Of God's light, but it is God's light. So it's God. So you got Almighty God. You just got a tiny, tiny bit of Him, and that tiny bit obliterates the darkness of your crack cocaine, your whoredom, your sexuality, your pornography, your alcohol, your drug abuse, and all the dumb sins you ever done in your previous life. The even the introduction of the down payment of ruab obliterates darkness. Here's the issue. We don't know how to ascend from Ruah to Ruah, from glory to glory. This is what we must learn. Sapphire stones. Out of these stones, I'll raise children from Abraham. What kind of stones? Mm -hmm. Sapphire stones. Out of these sapphire stones, I'm going to raise children of what? Children of Shekinah. You are the children of light. Walk in the light while it's still called light or daylight. While it's still called day. Which means, here's how you live in the kingdom. Here's how you go from glory to glory. There's going to be a path. You're going to have better teachers. He said, I'll send prophets to you. Jesus Christ said in the Gospels, I'm going to send prophets to you. You probably murder them at first. Then you realize they're helping you increase in Shekinah. There has never been a prophet in the history of the world that did not magnify Shekinah in the listeners of that prophet. If that prophet just come preaching morality, that's a false prophet. That prophet come just preaching secular humanism? That's a false prophet. If the prophet comes with the Torah of Shekinah, that is a prophet sent from God to increase the presence of the Almighty in the listener's hearts, in the listener's souls, and in the listener's brains and flesh. Holy Shekinah flesh. That's what your bodies and your nefesh is set apart for. It's not something that you just beat up and mistreat and don't take care of and doesn't matter. It is critical that you have that container holy for Shekinah. Mm -hmm. Now the flesh is important. Why? It's an encasement, a house, a temple of Shekinah. And all the other things that go inside this temple become holy for one purpose only. To intensify the Shekinah. And you get hungry for more. Notice, for more Shekinah... You need a higher food. I will send my spirit from mm-hmm. on high, which means you will go higher and higher, changing the diet you have of teaching. The mm-hmm. junk food out there in the charismatic church is so low mm-hmm. that the higher stuff, they call it heresy, cult, they call it false doctrine, they call it false prophet. You'll get the charismatic church weeping and gnashing their te- mm-hmm. teeth right now at those teaching a higher, most high ruah. Let alone when you come forth with a higher thing than Ruah, the Nefesh of God, which is living like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, which we don't even have a grid for. The truth is, 
We don't even have a grid right now in Pentecostal charismatic churches that embrace all the gifts and who embrace the glory. We don't have a grid for perfect ruah, a perfect soul that perfectly conducts the ruah shekinah. Think of it in degrees. It is in degrees. Glory to glory, degree, one degree to a next degree of glory. For how long? Forever. Forever. You will continue even forever and ever for all eternity of all eternities growing in Shekinah. You don't come to a place where you're like, oh, I've arrived. No, you don't. You're not God. You're a son and daughter God, which means you'll keep growing as children of God. It'll be in hundred million eternities you still be growing in light. You still be finding treasure inside God being formed in you. There'll be still a development of gemstones. It's not like, oh, this mine has all the stones it's ever going to have. Crap. You will be growing in stones forever. You know, sapphires come in all colors of the rainbow, not just blue. It's true. You can get sapphires in every single color known to man that the eye can see. And they're sapphires. It's not just blue sapphires. It's red sapphires, yellow, white sapphires, green, purple. Every single color there is. Red sapphires, guys. You get sapphires. And the sapphire represents the life of the Torah word or the life of the scripture, the life of the word of God. What makes it a sapphire stone is it's an epicenter of living scripture because God breathed and created the worlds. Now you're living in the worlds that God breathed, understanding his breath and the word of breath that created the worlds, which is called wisdom. And as that begins to burn in you, you begin to value the very things that came forth from God. Let's look at that new worlds chart so mm. they can see what we're talking about. Oh, new world. Let's look at the new worlds chart. Yeah, look at that. That's what he's talking about. Someone can even speak the similar words or teach about the things that we're saying right now. But what will it profit you? Nothing. How are you going to know if these people are sent by God? They will be standing on the heights of the sapphire stones. How are you going to know if they're actually there? Well, you go up, you do it, and you'll see. It's very Is obvious. Is the light burning you? Is there stuff getting torched as you listen? Now you talked about sapphire. Sapphire stones. Gemstones of every kind. Mm -hmm. Gevra is a ruby. What do, we, what do we learn about the value of rubies? Yeah, a nine carat ruby is worth tens of millions of dollars, we found out today. Ruby is like the rarest gemstone on earth. Do you know that? Because not many people want to embrace the judgment seed of God. But skillful and godly wisdom, which is what? That's Hakma. Where does it come down from? You see that world of absolute at the very top, Hakma up there? It's coming down from there. Proverbs 3. Skillful and godly wisdom is more precious than rubies. Mm. More precious than tens of millions of dollars. That's just for one <laughs> that's just for one nine carat ruby. <laughs> this is skillful and godly wisdom is more precious than rubies. That's hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. What is the va is the value system completely backwards in this world? Were these precious stones of God, the very body of Jesus Christ, his cosmic body, in which he fulfilled his cosmic 
fashion. Are those things, impartation of how to walk in these things from those who've gone ahead of you who are doing it now? You need to grip for the preciousness yeah. of gemstones for it's yeah. the believer's rewards. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a religious spirit that says we, we shouldn't equate it to monetary value. Jesus mm -hmm. taught parables and talents. A talent is 1,400 US dollars right now. Right. Okay? Jesus taught in quantities of money. Mm -hmm. Okay? So get with it. Right. A ruby... A nine carat ruby, it would be about $15 million. A nine carat sapphire is $100,000. So each gemstone, because of the container of its light, its rarity, its cut, its color, its all these different things, has a different value. These are the value of the word and its emanations. How much Shekinah is coming out of the truth you just received. You know, the brighter the light out of the Torah or the teaching or the instruction or the Kabbalah, which is the instruction of the Torah, the, a measurement of Shekinah and brightness in that word is its value. Now, in the celestial realm of heaven and the angels, the brighter it is, the harder of a truth it is to receive, especially for a human being that has no grid for angelic value. This is the most important thing. Conforming your inner man to agree with God, which is called repentance. You conform your, which means you have to have an angel value system. If your value system is not angelic, there is nothing inside you that's like God. The whole purpose of conforming, I labor in, amongst you tirelessly until Christ be fully formed in you, is so that God's value system of wisdom is the same one you have on the inside. So some of the stuff, I tell you the truth every day, guys, the most precious stones to God are trampled under the feet of human beings. The greatest prophetic releases that I have seen in this generation are held in contempt and disdain by the charismatic church. In contempt, in anger, they will weep and gnash their teeth at the higher valuable angelic things. I've seen it already hundreds of times. And there has been almost no change and almost no repentance. You know why the contrast of darkness and light is so great now in America? Because they're not softening their, their hearts to the higher angelic systems of Shekinah. They're hardening their hearts and insisting on earthly Christianity. The whore of Babylon is the only reason why things are the way they are in the USA. Truth anyhow, when we soften our hearts, become teachable in a higher righteousness that Daniel 12.3 says is like stars, okay, which is sapphire stones. The teaching of righteousness is the teaching of sapphire stones or the stars. Fourth day of Genesis chapter 1, God created the stars. He said it is good. Since it's fourth day... It preceded sixth day because the fourth day was used to make the sixth day. You know what sixth day is? You. You are sixth day, which means you don't exist without fourth day because it came before you. What's before you? God creating the heavens so that through the heavens he could make you. So since the Christians are literally ignorant of fourth day realities, which is sapphire stones, on the fourth day he created sapphire stones, the stars. And if you're ignorant of that, you are ignorant of your genesis, your, your origin, your existence as a being. 
You can't have sixth day without five, four, three, two, which is hell, and one, light. Light. Shekinah's coming down from heaven and sharing with creation his Shekinah. You know what the sharing of Shekinah with creation is called? Take a guess. The Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is the dwelling place where God shared his light with his creatures that he created. Let's go to the New World's chart so we can show you exactly where the Garden of Eden is. <laughs> it's not just some mysterious, oh, got a shambhala, if we kind of kumbaya hard enough, we might get a taste that we just don't deserve and never will deserve and we'll never really experience it. It's Yetzirah. That's the lower garden. Upper garden is Berea. You'll literally experience it as your eyes. That's it. And that, that amount of light, the value of the light coming through, your words? What is it? It's how high up you go on the sapphire stones. It's not about what feels good to your nefesh. Because mm -hmm. nefesh just have different groupings. Certain things will kind of shake you and move you, shake and bake. Nefesh and is the earthly soul, the animal mm -hmm. soul. And every ne there or are the mark of the beast. Right. There are different types of nefesh. There are outdoors loving nefesh. There are indoors introverted nefesh. There are nefesh that like shopping. There is nefesh that like gangster music. There's nefesh that likes country music. There's nefesh that like cars. There's nefesh that like, you know, bars. <laughs> Maybe we should dash the nefesh to pieces like pottery. And so That's basically, it doesn't, it literally does not matter how the words make you, your nefesh feel. Because some you know, we go get an inspirational message and, oh, it was just so good. It made oh. me cry in my emotions. And I just, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Okay, well, that's great that it touched your emotions. But what's the emotional witchcraft? John's baptism was it Nefesh or Ruah. And they picked up stones. Mm -hmm. If they had said it's Nefesh, they would have killed them. Right. So, but what's, so it's not a bad thing if a message moves you in your emotions. But if it doesn't come through all the way from Yetzirah, into the world of action, which is the world of sight, which means you don't take action on what you just heard, then you're in witchcraft. The witchcraft is the blocking up. Let's look at that again. You see this? When God, everything God will ever say to you comes down through sapphire stones, and you'll usually hear it through people. The most accurate you'll hear it is through people who stand on sapphire stones and say it to you, because they can hear more clearly and they see more accurately in a higher level of light. Regardless of how it makes you feel, Sometimes we feel good about it, sometimes we don't. But you see, that we're all of it. Ev anything that God has ever told you in your entire existence, mm -hmm. from birth until death, comes through sapphire stones. That's it. That's the only way thing, every good and perfect gift comes down. What's a good gift, a good word? A word from God. doesn't get more perfect of a gift than an instruction from God to save your soul. To save your life. Mm -hmm. So what is that charismatic witchcraft? Oh, it's an inspiration message and my nefesh felt good and I felt the chills and I felt stolen glory and the stolen Shekinah and the stolen oil and I, oh, it just, or I felt convicted and I cried and, but look, see, it got stopped up in Yetzirah. What is the world of Isaiah? It's the world of action. You didn't take action. All you, oh, I felt good. Oh, I felt so inspired. And and Brandon and Rebecca gave us our marching orders, and now we know what to do. Three weeks later, did you do it? Write down the instruction. <laughs> did God ask you to organize something? To write a testimony? To share something? 
to do something, to study, to get into the word, to get the circumcision, to study for that business. What is it that in the world of action, look around you right now, what is the flesh for? Action. You must take action on what you've been instructed to do at the will of God and at the timing of God. You have to get the circumcision, which first of all comes through sexual purity. Wisdom that comes down from above is first of all pure, which means if you're not pure, you're not going to get the instruction. What's the mark of the covenant? Circumcision, which in the new covenant is sexual purity. purity. It's on the private parts on purpose because mm -hmm. God can't have a people unto himself mm -hmm. unless they're holy and set apart from all immorality. That is mm -hmm. so crucial because what the enemy is doing is flooding you with lust into your eyes, into your ears, and into your touch gates, into your emotions, constantly with, with slime in this society, in the whole world. That's his main strategy to take out this righteous generation, is to flood them with immorality and lust and wrong feelings. So if you understand the strategies of the enemy, here is how you can stand. Make Shekinah your God. You have to make the Shekinah fire your clothing. Marriage garments of the Lamb. No one gets into heavenly Jerusalem unless they're wearing the garments of Shekinah. And the Bible says they have not defiled themselves with women. They are like virgins. They are virgins, it is written. Which means the purity is the same purity as Messiah, virgin king. 33-year-old, virgin, king of kings, and lord of lords, that purity is the Shekinah. That's not just down payment of Pentecost, the day you're first born again and filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues. That's what less than 1%. That's down payment Shekinah. I'm talking about marriage supper of the lambs, celestial heavenly Jerusalem, promised land, Zion, mountaintop Shekinah. That is the place where the Ruah obtains yep, the Neshama. Let's, let's go back. Ruah to Ruah. This is what Brandon said. You go Ruah to Ruah. Not just a little down payment. What does that mean? Look at the left-hand side there. Ruah to Ruah is your conquering of the Sapphire Stones through the realm of Yetzirah. That's going glory to glory. It's a perfect Holy Spirit soul. This is the only way to go glory to glory is to rise on Sapphire Stones. Now, you might have spent time on Malkut perfecting and getting that refined because there are levels on Malkut. Once Malkut is fully circumcised, you're overcoming the, all those things that are in the world. Then you start over overcoming the cosmic unrighteousness. And now these worlds on your left hand side, we talked about Gevra being a ruby. That's what it represents. It's a ruby. I was so excited to find out the value of a ruby today because, yeah. not because, oh, you know, rubies and gemstones. <laughs> well, what's the value of a ruby? If it has better, what, cut? Clarity? Yeah, God really used that jeweler today. Man, I was totally shocked when she told me. She said a ruby at nine carats would be tens of millions of dollars. We're in like the top jewelry store in the Twin Cities today. And they're describing gemstones and trying on rings and just having fun in the jewelers. And why this got me so excited <laughs> was because, you know, I know I know the inheritances of the sons of God. It's going to be natural rubies and gemstones. But I have in the spirit realm, I've got a ruby. And... Oh, what's the wisdom of Solomon? If it's in the natural, it helps you understand the spiritual. If it's that valuable, holy crap, what about the, a planet size? If that's nine carats, what about a planet size one? Right. 
that's literally the body of Jesus Christ himself. Oh my gosh, what do I have? I rejoiced. I was, felt like I was flying after. I was like, oh, it's wonderful. He's so valuable. He's so beautiful. That's just a nine tiny little carrot. Planet-sized minimum ruby. Probably bigger in the invisible realms than a whole planet. The planet's probably tiny. So, how can I compare the value? Yeah. Hundreds and billions of millions and quadrillion, quintillion, probably At least like 95 million quadrillion. That's how so much they say it costs to build a Death Star. <laughs> For, and that's just, if I spoke to you one, okay, now look at the map here. If I stood on Gevra <laughs> of the very first world of Asaya and spoke a word of wisdom to you from that realm, it's more than all the rubies mm. of this world. Yeah. That's one word of wisdom from someone who's conquered and standing on Gevra above the sun in the first world. Mm -hmm. More than tens of millions of dollars. Shekinah glory, like the fire. Have you seen the fire inside of a gemstone that's clear? Oh, the fire and the sparkle. and the, It's just the fire in the gemstone. It's alive. Mm. It's in those. That's the fire. So it doesn't make, do I feel chills? Do I, does my emotions, my unsanctified emotions? That's okay if it does, but it doesn't have to. Well, it doesn't. me, I'm an unclean lip guy. Like, if you brought a depressed person into the jeweler, the ruby's value doesn't change. Value. <laughs> oh, well, I'm depressed, so the value's not really worth much to me. Get out of here. And the sapphire stones <laughs> hit your flesh. Worth, you're worthless. <laughs> you're, now, no, you're not. Look at Isaiah <laughs> in Isaiah 6. His first encounter... <laughs> With archangels bringing sapphire stones and touching his nefesh, mm -hmm. he says, Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst an unclean people, Israel. Mm -hmm. Which means, see, when that teaching comes down from the angels, your humanity is revealed as filthy rags. You want to hear another sign of wonder that happened on the fishing trip? Yeah. I'm in the boat with my brother, we're fishing, and he's got a calling on his life. I remember when he was a child, this woman prophesying over him, saying, you're going to be a pastor someday. So, And he's, he's great. He's wonderful. We're talking today on the phone at the mall. And he throws in his fishing line. Guys, we are so far out of civilization. There's all these chains of lakes connected. We're down these chains of lakes. He reels in a rag that is like stained red, like filthy garments. And Lord says... Your righteousness is like filthy rags. He's carried on the hook on his fishing pole. A filthy rag is hooked into it. And it's red. And there's no iron in these legs. It's not like some legs that are iron, you know, that things turn red. It's freaking red. Like crimson red rag. And he takes this rag. This is what he does. And a prophetic act. He didn't know he's being prophetic, and that's the best type of prophetic. <laughs> he takes that rig and just angry and chucks it, and it splats <laughs> against this rock. And just like, <laughs> and I believe that represents the rock of ages. Yeah. We're going to take our filthy, nefesh Christianity yeah. Yeah. and throw it against the rock. What does the Bible say? When it's thrown against the rock, it gets smashed to pieces. Amen. That's when the nefesh is smashed to pieces like pottery. So we begin to embrace the righteousness mm -hmm. of the Ruach, of the Hakadesh, the Holy Spirit Ruach righteousness. Ruach. Then you go from Ruach to Ruach. Let's look at the picture again. Look, this is great. Oh, everyone, this will she get everyone. She loves this picture, guys. Yeah, and I can see, well, you know, I can see the students watching online who've been wanting to kind of update their notes according to what we have. Max that in a fresh rag in Astaya. And understand the Ruah as your righteousness. And you begin to use your body to steward the Ruah of the Holy Ghost. Woo!
Amen. Now, what Brandon was preaching on earlier tonight, too, about the quantity, the amount of light that's in the words that we preach that's able to change you, regardless of how it makes your your nefesh feel, regardless of how it makes your uncircumcised yetzira feel, which is your heart, what, what's the amount of light? The higher you go up, the closer to the source of light you are, the more fire is in the gemstones, the more light is coming out of the gemstones. So when you go up higher, there's more light in it. So the words that you're speaking out of those gemstones at a higher level, it's more light. Mm. That's how it is. It's not like, what makes me feel this? That's good if it does, because the emotions can be moved and helps you to receive. But even if your emotions aren't moved, even if you don't so feel... So how great is yeah. your Shekinah? It's the measure of your Torah. That's right. Because what's your measure of your Torah? The Word of God, Jesus Christ, whose body is sapphire stones. That's just how the heights of sapphire stones. That's it. And some of these yeah. sapphires are rainbow colors. That's yeah. the rainbow around his throne, or sapphires around his throne. Precious stones. Mm. Yeah, riches and glory. And it's just so valuable. He's so he's so valuable. It's just so exciting. I almost felt like dancing after she told me how much just a little ruby is. How much more these gemstones? Sapphire stone. You should see my planet-sized one. And <laughs> so go for the things that are valuable in life. It's time for you guys to stick out like sore thumbs amongst believers. Yeah. And the, the radiance. And not for bad reasons. Yeah, for the radiance for of Shekinah. <laughs> because you have so much scripture, which is so much Torah, working in you. It's actually revealed the original design of God. I want you guys to reveal the fourth day in your bodies. You can reveal the fourth day in your temples. You can re reveal the fourth day in your minds. We haven't had the revealing of the ancient of days through our temples of the Holy Spirit yet. Why? Because right now the charismatic church is still working on the down payment, the first fruits. First fruits only 1% of Shekinah. You still got a whole, I tell you the truth, mm -hmm. charismatic Christian church right now working out of the down payment. Once you take that down payment and start to go up this new world's chart, you're not in down payment anymore. Now you're in actually 5%, 10% realms that are unknown to the charismatic church right now. You're be beginning to understand why the apostles in the book of Acts called Jesus the Lord of Shekinah. Because that was the focus of everything, of developing that light through teaching of the Word of God mm -hmm. so that we could remove darkness mm -hmm. from our planet. Right. We need the dark, um, the dark scrolls removed because that's really what's holding things back. So it's Torah versus Torah. That's really what it is. Uh, the enemy is a Christian versus, teacher, guys. Yeah. So what, why the is it that... narrow path Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bunch that was of, like a bunch like, of freaking Pharisees, and you know that's the truth. Anyway. It was like I, ra I remember I left that group a while back and raged. I was like, "You mean I'm more like they the not narrow 90, enough?" Ninety-five percent of the time, and then five percent of the time, we're like, "No, that's pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> but you think think about it. How much tour you could spend hours in the Bible, and not be walking on sapphire stones. So this is what happened: the, the Acts of the Apostles and their studies with Jesus, how is it that the Pharisees had spent more time studying the Torah scrolls? Well, these fishermen, unlearned, uneducated, they didn't have the pharisaical education. Paul did, and that was extremely powerful, having the actual education. But the fishermen, they had Jesus. They walked with him. He taught. They actually walked in the realities 
of some of these things. Let's do the picture. Education versus glorification. Yeah. So let's just, this is a great, yeah. So you, so imagine you're a Pharisee and you study, they basically knew facts about this stuff. They didn't have this exact map like we have now uh, because of the grace of the Holy Spirit. But they learned secrets about sapphire stones or about the, you know, the, the Kabbalah, the secrets of Moses. They, and you would, you know, level up as a Pharisee and get favor and you study really hard and you do all these things. So imagine just learning about these things. That's what they did. Study Torah, learn about these mysteries. And so they were the ones in charge, you know, of the synagogue and the flowing robes and all the favor with the people and all that. And so, but the apostles, they actually walked in measures of this. That's how those signs and wonders were happening. Definitely. Because Jesus taught them in secret, and he is that incarnate. I give you the secrets mm -hmm. of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. But the rest of them just get the muted 40-minute broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Paul, or, sorry, Peter, um, Peter was able to walk on water a little bit because he was the foundation. What's the foundation? On this rock, I will build my church. wonder what kind of rock it is. It's not granite, I'll tell you that. It's Yassad. Malkut. Shekinah. He was able to walk on it a little bit on the water. Like a precious diamond. He's taking his baby steps. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. It's a big rock because she's an expensive bride. Yeah. <laughs> At least two carrots from Walmart. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. At least two carrot, two carrot from Walmart Pharisee education. <laughs> like, hey, I like Walmart. What can you purchase in heaven with your Torah scroll that you have internally? You're gonna have to order that one. They don't have it in the jewelry case. Alibaba.com. Check, <laughs> Check it out at Costco. Costco. I had two for one. Two for one. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Costco or Walmart. The issue yeah. is getting that nefesh shattered like yep. pottery right. and valuing the ruah. That's what it's about. Don't right. get stuck on anything, anything in the nefesh. It's all a distraction. All yeah, get stuck on the Holy Ghost. Get stuck on the ruah. That's the living, breathing God. That's Jesus Christ mm -hmm. is the ruah. He sent his own ruah at Pentecost and he never stopped, guys. He will never mm -hmm. stop sending ruah. It, it will never be turned off. There's no judgment except through Ruah. The Ruah, this one point we had during the first part, the Ruah mm -hmm. is the wrath of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. Your Ruah is your ability to express anger and that and that wrath. So, well, the, 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 the Nefesh can kind of do it. It animates, but it's without any kind of intelligence. I think, I'm sure you've seen breakdowns out in the wild. We really need the whole Ghost. <laughs> nefesh having, a Nefesh without Ruah having a, a mental breakdown. Without animal temper tantrums. The, the Ruah is, you know, kind of that, that a little bit higher ability to express mm. that wrath and, and that emotion and that anger. Uh, it's, it's a little bit, it's a higher level. So your journey through Yetzirah is really going to be tempering your mm. anger. Because he's, what is it says? He has... Be angry and, and do, do not, not stand. stand. Right. And Jesus Christ, who's all powerful, it says, see how he, he has all the power, but he never uses it in anger. So he restrains his anger and he's always, he's always just. He always balances that judgment with his said. Gevra is always balanced with his said. So that means on one hand, 
If you have a ruby, on the other hand, you should have a diamond. Okay. That's a word for some of you. Yeah. Okay. Right. You're just like kind of hit the. Oh, that hit me in the pocketbook. It hit me in Store the poverty. Oh, no. in heaven. What am I gonna? I, and people are like, what okay, if I have well, a Walmart I'll be ruby. poor on earth. Listen, no. man. You're understanding that in an animal soul. Animal soul Christianity is the majority of the crap out here. Yeah. It's, it's totally anti-Christ. I mean, you have to flush that false Christianity mm. down the toilet. It's an it's abomination. Yeah. It's the demons interpreting it mm -hmm. through human flesh. Once the human flesh, the nefesh, is crucified, actual angelic understanding wisdom begins. Now you're in the school of the spirit. School of the spirit be begins the day you're born again. The very first day you're saved, you begin the school of Ruah. Now, a lot of people don't have that. Why? Because you're coming out of Babylon the Great. The church age mm -hmm. was a mixture of all kinds of good, bad, and ugly. Now we're coming into the kingdom age where there will be order. There will be order of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Order of Moses and the Lamb. Both. Order of Old Testament and New Testament. You know what that means? The perfection of Judaism and Christianity. Both. Why both? Because the Bible says so. Revelation 15, I saw Moses, Old Testament, and the Lamb, New Testament, standing on Mount Zion, singing. Which means the total glorification inside the disciples today of all the Old Testament and all the New Testament. And as you look around, we haven't even touched the surface of it. That's what we're going to be doing for all the years to come. Glorifying all the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Glorifying all the New Testament in the sapphire stones. Mm -hmm. Through the stars, through the fourth day, through that goodness, through that ascension, and coming into a formation, the world of formation, of what God spoke in the beginning that we lost in the Garden of Eden. You know what they lost in the Garden, one of those things? They lost the Neshama. Oh, yeah, let's get the picture again. They the lost Garden. their divine soul. The, yeah, they lost it. Hebrew, in the Hebrew, if you look at it, when it says, um, yeah, he breathed into man... He basically, he, they breathed them in the neshama. Sixth world there up on the left. And then he fell and became a nefesh. So the, they reverted to animal nefesh. The nefesh it, um, is drawn out of the earth. It's made up from the earth. Hmm. Uh, the neshama is actually formed out of the th from the throne of glory, the throne of God. It's like like carved or hewn out of like a, like a rock from a quarry. So you might see some scriptures about like the quarry references uh that's something that was lost the nefesh is the soul carved from the earth mm -hmm. the neshama is the soul carved from the throne of the father and that's the world of berea it's the world of creation but it's also the world of the throne it's kind of that in-between point for the world of emanation to so all interact the in between with the it world. Is sanctification yes and uh i forget exactly where the the markation line is but i believe it's um above the world of Yetzira, and then from there down it's kind of like night and then from there up it's like day i don't know how to better describe it just imagine you. how awesome chaya is gonna be a chaya latte. chaya latte i've been in a chaya that's when i started learning about that people are like we walk into a place i'm so said said chai latte a chai? The soul of chai souls. latte yeah i mean this is the kingship of yeah. the kingdom age when the sons come into a level of maturity that the Ooh. father gives them total dominion celestially over the earth for a thousand years. Revelation 5.10, it is written. So the neshama, so basically, Adam and Eve, they were created, he breathed in the neshama. They didn't have the chaya yet. And, uh, yeah, they didn't have the chaya yet. There's actually another level above that that's possible. 
There's one more level that's possible while yet in the body before the culmination of things. So as we move closer, so prove yourself faithful with the with those things that we're given to you so far. Mm-hmm. Start to walk in it because there's a lot more. Like don't don't get into that mental hang up of this is so difficult. It's really not that difficult. Uh, you actually have the ability to do it. So just get past all those there things. There will be shards of light it. coming down from the throne, mm-hmm. giving you tastes of the yep. higher life. Right, so Berea, exactly. So Berea of Yetzira gives you a taste of the world of Berea. Like when you get to the top of Absolute of Yet, uh, or sorry, when you get to the top of Berea of Yetzira, you hit Keter. The top of your head opens up like a, it feels and looks like the top of a menorah lamp where the oil is. And it opens up and the oil pops out or whatever. I don't, I'm just describing what I experienced. And then you feel that spark of light. It's like a, a mini version of what happens when you hit Absolute of Yetzira. And that spark catches. When you go into Keter of Absolute of Yetzira, you like you conquer that whole thing. That, again, the top of you, it like opens up like like a like mm. a golden, it looks golden, and the oil flows in, and that spark, it it prepares itself to receive that spark. It, it that holy neshama comes down like a spark of light. Of life it comes down and rests on your head and envelops you and fills you and it, it's just like <laughs> this is why Jesus taught in chambers and you know what will happen oh, you, so you'll nice. have the funnest personality amongst the angels the first thing they want to do you know remember Elisha got it from Elijah you tested to make sure the, the river splits that you got it they put you up on the stage. We want an hour of stand-up comedy. I want to see that you got the glorious soul of the Father. The joy of the Lord is upon your personality. Amen? Unless you're in the set. Because you'll be like an camper. anime character at this level. At which level? Well, most of these ones already are at that uh, level. Well. Caricatures. Well, again, dash all the forms to pieces. Uh... Dash all the forms to pieces. If you are into poverty, God will attack your poverty and and terrorize you, both like wealth, words, and the like gemstones. Ten millions of dollars, you know, it's like, oh, God. Anyone with God. When will I ever be able to afford that? Is it going to happen? Am I going to be, be left challenging out? you. And if you are like into the idolatry and you're just kind of like a business shark and you're just like money, 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 and you're like, you're kind of serving mammon or you tend that way, he will attack your riches and be like, sell everything you have and give it to the poor, you know. So it's about dashing the wickedness of the nefesh to pieces. Yeah. A holy, your, your, your nefesh can become wow. holy. It's all about, like, he wants you in a straight and narrow. So we tend to go this way, we tend to go that way. Whatever you do, he's going to dash See that red it. rag mm-hmm. just being thrown violently Dashed. against that rock? Yeah. Boom, that's the nefesh this mm-hmm. season. I know. It was yeah. Like, Some of you are going to go all the way up and get in a shama and still not be good at hardly anything. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> you, know this, wow. you know what God told me? Talk about popping my balloon. Oh, yes. Don't worry. Don't What's worry. What's the point now? I'm just, I'm just here to get good at stuff. So I'm just here to get good at stuff so my nefesh can look good for others. Well, sorry to break it to you. Winner. Well, this, well, I asked God about it, and you know he told me? He, I love fresh, he used Precious Bobby Connor as an example because he loves him so much. We love Bobby Connor. He's, he's wonderful. He loves the Word of God. Um, but the, the Holy Spirit, he said... You know, Bobby Connor could go up all the way to these sapphire stones and still not be good at anything but preaching. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? If God is good at everything, 
But if Bobby Connor went up all the way up the Sapphire Stones and still wouldn't be good at anything but preaching, why is that? <laughs> you were made for a purpose. Yeah. Mm. Train up a child in the way they should go. We've already established that is Hanok, that is Enoch. And he will not depart from it. You were not created just to go be a walking circus. I mean, unless that's your calling. Some of you might have the walking circus anointing. <laughs> Good for you. Then you should walk in it. What did God design you for your purpose? You do not need to worry about be being good at all these different things, and I just need to be the jack-of-all-trades. You might have an anointing in your life to be a jack-of-all-trades, to fill in the gaps here and do this and help people. That's fine. It's about finding what did God create you? Not your neighbor, not your friend, not your spouse, not, you know, there's other people, not your friends. You have a specific purpose <laughs> that you agreed with God to do as he fills you with light and you receive salvation in the earth, that's what you're going to do. This is what I'm, I'm needing to do. So you're going to get exceedingly good at that. There, You might have hobbies, passions. Oh, yes. You are co-creating with God. Oh, he's like, I plan to have a lot of hobbies. And what I've noticed is there are certain things that God will just say, no. There are other things. He loves your creativity. If you find something that delights you, that you love, that you want to grow in a passion for... A lot. He's just he. He'll open up doors for you to develop those things. You want to see a Pentecostal person's head explode? Yes. Okay. Yes. What is it? What's the Hebrew <laughs> word to receive the Spirit from on high? You guys ready? What I want to see a charismatic church person's head blow off their shoulders. What is the Hebrew word to receive the Spirit from on high? The commandment of Jesus Christ: Stay in Jerusalem until you receive. The spirit from on high. What's the Hebrew word to receive the spirit from on high? Cabal. 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 That's the Hebrew Make word sure to receive spirit. the spirit from on high is to Kabbalah. Let's look at Take our, that. Let's look at the picture again. Until you wait until you cabal this ruach. Make sure you cabal this ruach. That religious demon in Christianity fights. The Kabbalah of Jesus Christ. It means to receive from on high. Yep. That's the exact Hebrew mm. definition of the biblical mm. word. Now, if you're in the tree of Satan, like they are, they're already Kabbaling instructions from their demon fathers. So, we just want you to receive holy instruction from the Lord Jesus this Christ. This is why Molech visits us. Because this kind of teaching, guys, mm -hmm. decimates mm -hmm. sorcery. They're pretty upset about it. it Completely <laughs> slaughters the highest potential of sinful man. Isn't that exciting to be a part of something that pisses off the highest level of demons in hell? You're like, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, let's let's come back to us here. Uh, some of you have, that Brandon was calling out, you got some distracting thoughts when there's a message. You notice the thoughts kind of just go over there, they go over here, or you're trying to be in prayer. What's Jacob's weapon? Prayer. The weapon is for the covenant. The weapon, as we know. You could call it a Jewish space laser. You could call it the sword of the word of God. One, you know, really exciting terms. The sword of the word of God. The sapphire stones. You need a weapon. Your prayer is your weapon. He didn't trust in a physical sword and bow, Jacob said. What was he talking about? He was talking about prayer and supplication. So we need to learn how to pray. What did they ask Jesus? You know, what all is your secrets, man? What'd they tell him? What'd they say? Teach us how to pray. What did Andrew Murray say was the best possible gift to humanity that could come out of the church? Teaching the people how to pray. 
or inciting them to desire to pray. That's your weapon. Prayer. Your prayerlessness is powerlessness. So some of you, you just need to learn how to pray. The sword is the word of God. The sword is your prayer. When you're praying from sapphire stones and you're learning these things, if you are training in righteousness, training for righteousness, God receives you and accepts you under the covering of the righteous ones. So as long as you are loyal and you're faithful, this is something that even the rabbis have understood for thousands of years. Even if you're just a grunt soldier, basically this is how they, they had this kind of verbiage in their writings. I was looking at their history. Even if your righteousness is too weak or your faith is so weak that your prayers aren't really effective, like your prayers don't get, your pray, prayers miss the mark, it doesn't really happen for you, you can still be effective in this way if that's where you're at. This is the instruction. You've got to be aligned with the righteous ones of your generation. Find the people, and you've already found us, who are walking in cosmic righteousness. So you align with them. There's this principle of attaching yourself to the righteous one of your generation. How do you attach yourself to them? Again, it's loyalty, obedience, you're a student. Where your money is, your heart will be also. That's who you attach to the chariot. You see a chariot, a person like a chariot of fire? This Death Star is going to cost 95 quadrillion, y'all. <laughs> the Death Star. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Basically want the holy Death Star. Of... Death to Self Star, which yeah. is called Bright Morning Star. Obviously. Yeah. This is going to be, yeah. This is fun. But, so, if your prayers are missing their mark, and it's not as effective as you'd like it to be, or you just don't know how to pray, align with the righteous. Stick together, form the shields, like, form the ranks, but for you to be effective as a warrior, you have to have purity. The sword is only given to the pure, so first, you need Yasad. We talked about Malkut and Yasad. Get the circumcision to the pure. All those things coming down will be pure. You're not going to have something pure that came and got intercepted and they just gave you demon goo. If all your blessings are being replaced by demonic things, that means someone's intercepting yeah, something's your gifts. wrong. Something is not right. Yeah, something is very wrong. Something is very wrong. So attach yourself to the righteous. Become pure. And here's the thing. Purity is not enough. If you want the sword, you can be pure and still be getting destroyed. It's not enough. You're gonna need something else. Do you know what you need? Who's he gonna give a sword to? There's a Hebrew word, it's called mishpat. But I'll tell you what it is in English. Charity. It's giving. You can be walking in purity, but be without a weapon. If you're not giving charity, which is giving money, offerings. Now, here's the problem. You Truth can still... Enough. And this is something that, again... The Jewish people have understood this demon. for thousands of years. How, ha how, has, how have we missed this? Even if you're pure, if your thoughts are kind of wandering all over the place, it's a corruption of Mishpat. Then the fish kind of gets nervous. Oh, no. Say offering oh, and money. Man. Dash it to pieces. <laughs> Making it too real. And, and that's literally how it works. It, 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 it actually works. And so, you know, a lot of you already tested and tried this. You already Jesus, know. Jesus, the soup kitchen Christianity. <laughs> But if you want, if you, and <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. I was, I was talking to the Lord this week and 
I was just so thankful for the prayers that we had coming out of Nairobi, Kenya from Shadrach while Brennan was gone. Uh, with Without another person in the city like walking on sapphire stones, I felt that the pressure was all on my me <laughs> on the because you're when you're standing at a height that's where the pressure comes first and so you know so i and it was fine it was good but it's just like it's a little uncomfortable and uh so i all of a sudden i look outside and i asked the lord i was like isn't there somebody gonna pray you know there's somebody gonna pray and i look out the window and there goes up like a shooting star like this beam of light lit up the whole sky over minneapolis and i was like and the whole pressure lifted off like that. Mm. And I said, someone's praying. That's what I texted all you guys. Who's praying? <laughs> Who's praying right now? And who? It, oh, it's so, man, it just touched me. I just, the it made Shekinah, my life so when, easy. When the word comes out of Shekinah in you, you just like release a precious stone. And when I, when I, I message and I, I, I asked the Holy Spirit, who just prayed? Because all that demonic pressure that was that was on me to uphold, it lifted off. And the, he showed me mm. Shadrach's face, mm. and I messaged him, and he and he said, "I'm in prayer and fasting." And I said, "Thank you. How oh, what a gift! Give me a break from the constant pressure. Do you know you know where I stand?" I, I told the Lord, I said, I would rather have three Shadrachs down on the earth, or one Shadrach down on the earth than three people in the sun. How is this possible? And he said, because he cares for my heart. Oh my goodness, stay tender to the Holy Spirit. I would rather have one Shadrach on earth than three champions in the sun. With a heart like that, some of you, you rise at a different pace. As you overcome, it's about the growth that's gonna last. Not the, you don't wanna shoot up so high so fast that it's not sustainable. But the power in prayer, don't worry, oh, well, I'm not very high up. Don't worry about that. It's about where your heart is. What's so powerful about his prayer is that he genuinely cares for Brandon. He genuinely cares for me. He cares for your souls. He's always praying for you guys. If there's any, any problem, somebody starts to wander away, it's one of the first people that'll step in prayer to help bring people back from the darkness. So why I'm highlighting this, everyone has strengths and everyone has weaknesses. Our strengths, we're supposed to use them to help cover each other's weaknesses. But isn't that encouraging? Mm. Even if you haven't risen it, you can learn prayer and you can you can help. You don't have to wait until you're so high up to be helpful. You can help where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. The whole army can help. It's not just, oh, maybe someday, maybe I'll just never make it, I'll just be useless. That's a lie from Satan. Teach, teach my people how to pray. Mm-hmm. Teach my people how to pray. So we're teaching you. If you want to help, I would highly encourage you go through this series. Um, there have been many keys this week and last week released on prayer. And as soon as, you know, he walks in, one of his giftings is prayer. When he started releasing that, 
God started sovereignly teaching me in my own study time more keys for prayer because he wants to equip you with the weapon. The weapon is prayer. If you don't have prayer, you're not using a weapon. These are powerful weapons. You can help even from Malkut. Cir circumcise Malkut. Circumcise your heart. Walk in purity. Get it, you know. And when you pray, how are you going to know, how are you going to hit your mark? When you're pure and when you give charity, when you give offerings, when you give finances. Now, your wandering thoughts and prayer are going to harm you unless you're walking in purity and you're walking in giving. But if you're giving to God outside-minded, bewitched, Christian, charismatic stuff, one of the principles of giving is that if you're giving to unworthy causes, your mind is not going to be settled. Your mind will still be distracted with thoughts. So if you're giving to a worthy cause, let's say you stopped giving to all the God outside minded bewitched and all the fake orf orphanages that hit you up on Facebook. Let's say you stopped doing that. You stopped giving false love help to people who have no intentions of actually learning righteousness. And you stop that, but then you're still struggling with lust. Your mind's going to be all over the place. You're not, your prayers are going to miss their mark. So the power of the Torah is that even if you struggle with those things, anyone can learn to pray. Anyone can become effective. And here's how, if you're not walking in a lot of faith, if you're still working on that purity, attach yourself to the righteous ones of your generation. Give into a worthy cause. I can't think of anything more than giving into cosmic righteousness and the restoration of the of the cosmic temple and the return of the Shekinah glory and what the Father desires to do the most in this generation. Give into a worthy cause. Be purified. And if you persist in prayer, you keep learning, go to the Torah scroll, read the Word of God. When you read the Word of God consistently, it can drive out all of those things, but you have to be consistent. Even if you lose some battles, you got to come right back. <laughs> and when you pray, you have to continue in prayer. Pray without ceasing. So you attach yourself to the righteous. They become like a shield for you. You pray for the body of Christ. You're going to start hitting the mark. You want to hit the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. But it's going to start even if you're just, you know, militarily, you're kind of like a grunt soldier, you're in basic training. Learn how to use that weapon. Learn how to use that rifle. If you are not skilled in prayer, if you have little faith, pray. You, if you consistently pray and you keep praying, you align with the righteous. You're loyal, you're obedient, you're giving charity, you're, you're going towards purity. If there's not purity, you're using the word to drive it out. That is how your prayers can be answered and start to become effective even while you're in the early beginnings. But it only works when you come together with a company like that. Mm. So if you're on your own and your prayers are not hitting their mark, this is how you can do it. And if your mind is in the wrong places, I want you to learn the prayer, the Shema. That's just a Hebrew word for the prayer. It says in Deuteronomy that, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my mind and all my soul and all my strength.
That is what takes your intention and purifies it. Your intentions on this journey mm. will be purified. You can do all the forms, but if the intention is competition, oh, I gotta hurry up and outrun this person. Oh, I gotta catch up. He judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. And when you pray this prayer, the Shema, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, and you pray it, mm. it realigns your intention, it binds, we need, to, you know, it binds all that chaos and brings peace in your mind. That is to reestablish your mastery over the domain of your thought life. It's that evil inclination, which is the evil impulse of the flesh, that has to be slain. It must be annihilated without hesitation. <laughs> it's only a thought. But you can eliminate it, erase it, and make that sinful thought as if it had never existed, to blot it out and bleach it out so thoroughly as you pray the Shema prayer, not just to say an external prayer, but with your intention, for your intentions to be purified. That evil impulse, the impulse of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life must be removed from the heaven of your thought atmosphere and from every action that you perform in your very deeds. The evil impulse must be removed from the heaven of your thought atmosphere and from your every action. The hand and the head, the binding, the Teflon, the word of God. Mm. You will love the Lord, your God, mm -hmm. all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And when you repeat that prayer, and then you go and you do the Lord's Prayer, and you visualize the lightning path. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed get holy be your name. The name he said that he would give to you. Give you a new name. That's why your name on earth has power to make the demons shake, tremble. They get nervous. Who's coming around? Who's praying for who? Mm -hmm. Why do they get so nervous? Why do they send swarms of fan f concerned friends and family upon these people when they start to encounter righteousness? Because they're nervous. They're going to lose more ground. Get your name full of light instead of darkness. Every human name carries measures of darkness, gray matter, or light. This is something we said during the muted part that's so important. If you read the prophets, it says even if Ezekiel, Daniel, and Adam... We're around. Everyone, you know, they're mentioning other prophets. They're mentioning human names in the prophets, in the Bible, because their names carried glory. Jesus Christ, and this is where you really separate the religionists from those going after Shekinah, who have made Shekinah their God. For there is no other God except Shekinah. Jesus said, I am Shekinah. I am light. So if your God's not Shekinah, you're not yet a Christian. For those that are real Christians going after Shekinah, that Jesus Christ's intentions for all of you is to glorify your names. Mm -hmm. Your names. A religionist says, oh, we glorify Jesus' name. These people are lost. 
The glory is to be in your forehead. He already has it perfectly in his forehead. He doesn't need any more glory. He is perfect glory. You need glory. I, Father, have given him the glory, the Shekinah. Now it's time to get your forehead, your name, so glorified in him, of course, obviously, so that the demons and the darkness and the gray matter and the hypnotism and the lukewarmness and all of the immorality of Sodom and Gomorrah and Babylon the Great shudders because of how holy your name is. Just like the prophets would constantly use the names of other prophets in their writings in acts of honor and acts of power because there was Shekinah in the prophet's name. God wants to put Shekinah in your first names and your last names in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and if that impulse of the flesh is provoking you to sin, if you overcome your desires whether it's a desire to sin in lust or desire to sin in pride or in competition and envy and strife, if you repent and confess your sin, you slaughter that evil impulse. And that gives honor and glory to God. And it's written in Psalms 50:23. Whoever brings a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And that's from that word kavod. You're pouring out the kavod and being filled with Shekinah glory. You're aligning with the apostolic, with the Zedekim, the righteous ones of your generation. And you're giving charity, giving offering into a worthy cause. And that will align you as you step into your season of learning how to pray. And then you can say, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And go up into the sun. Amen. Bless you guys. Wild, fiery broadcast tonight. Getting back into it. Yeah. Every time I go on vacation and come back, it feels like a brand new beginning. And it feels like this time is the highest new beginning ever. And so we're going to go into the summer just blazing through all the rest of June and it's going to continue to pick up pace and fire. Amen. So walk with us. Support Red Letter Ministries. Where your finances are, there your heart will be also. Mm -hmm. We want your hearts to be glorified. So make sure that you're using the natural realm and working for the Lord. And all that nefesh realm of the natural for God, for the Ruah. And making the Ruah and the Shekinah of Ruah your main aim. In Jesus' name, everything in your lives be sanctified for the glory of His Shekinah, for the glory of His Torah, His teaching, for His kingdom and you to become one so that you are a full manifestation of His Shekinah, which is the fully mature manifesting Son of God. What makes the manifesting Son of God? Manifesting His Shekinah in the higher realms perfectly without the nefesh mixture of the soul hewn from the earth. Begin to manifest more and more of God's soul that it's not mixed with the dust of the earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> that holiness begin to shine. You become set apart in action and deed and word and tongue and in presence. And the presence of your holy heavenly soul will burn a radiance around you will be a garment and a clothing of light. It will be the armor of Shekinah that will guard you, keep you, hold you, 
bless you and direct you during these final times in the next few years because it's going to continue to get more and more wild y'all but you're going to continue to put on more and more shekinah so it will get easier and easier according to the measures of shekinah by sacrificing nefesh for ruah in jesus name amen bless you guys we'll see you tomorrow
Familiar with you can't deny my need for the sun. 